there was this kind of connection to the world that I had been part of that was just a natural byproduct. If you're restricting it to just being replicas, then you're restricting it to kind of what already exists. But if we're saying people want really good drinks that are complex and flavorful and are for that moment, and you can use whatever ingredients and they can taste however, you know, you're writing the script. It's a blank canvas that you yeah. can actually take it to the next level. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Catch-Ups in My Kitchen with me, Georgia Simmons, host of the podcast. This week we are joined by Bethan, founder of Mother Root, a non-alcoholic drink, which is ironically bursting with health benefits, although that is not the reason why Bethan used apple cider vinegar as the key ingredient in Mother Root, but is now being picked up by lots of nutritionists due to the benefit that apple cider vinegar has on our gut health and on our digestion. So what I love about Mother Roo is that it's not trying to be or replicate an alcoholic drink. It's a drink in its own right. And as I mentioned, it's formulated with apple cider vinegar and that gives it a rich depth of flavor similar to an alcoholic drink. Bethan's previous experience has been in the wine and champagne world and so she has taken a lot of that experience on taste and building up the flavor profile and applied it to Mother Root. But you know when like some of the non-alcoholic drinks out there they just haven't got that backbone or they haven't got that depth? Well this is just the complete opposite with Mother Root. Honestly it's so delicious. Bethan gave me some afterwards to try and I was absolutely blown away. So in this episode, I wanted to hear more about how taste and flavor work. Bethan introduced me to the word mouthfeel, which apparently is a way that your mouth feels once you've had a drink, that kind of warmth feeling. And that's what she wanted to replicate with mother root, hence she used vinegar. We talk about sweet, savory, sour, all things flavor. And I learned so, so much. And I really, really hope you do. So please enjoy the episode. And as always, have a lovely, lovely rest of your day. Bethan, thank you so much for joining me in my kitchen. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. It's nice to be here. So to start off with, do you mind giving a really quick elevator pitch? Who you are, what you do? Of course, always the tricky thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm Bethan, I'm the founder of Mother Root and we make non-alcoholic aperitifs that are strong um, and that make you feel great as well. I'm really excited to try these. There's so much to talk about with this. When I was doing my research into Mother Root and your background, I was like, wow, I think we're going to take a really different angle on this episode, and I'm really excited. So before we start, we've got a quick fire round about all things food. So, sweet or savoury? Savoury. Pizza or pasta? Pasta. Go-to cuisine? Italian. Would you cook in or eat out? Cook in. And what's your favourite delivery? Oh my god. I um I haven't deliberated bloody ages. I would probably have to say maybe Dishoom. Good one. Mm, yeah. Black bean dal. Yeah, I've heard good things yeah. about this. But I'm pretty sure they add loads of cream and I can't have cream because I'm plant based. Oh. So that's yeah, I'm really gushed about it. But I that. think um I know that there's you can get hold of their recipe and perhaps make it at home. It's, okay. like, it's like a five hour, six hour kind of slow cook thing or maybe wow. two day thing, but it's, it's worth, worth it. it. Yeah, Amazing. So I want to ask the biggest, broadest question to start off with, which is why Mother Root? So, okay, well, I guess we have to go back to the fact um, that I, 
I'm obsessed with drinks. <laughs> uh, I worked for a long time in the wine industry and before that um, in the hospitality industry, um, Spanish deli was my first ever job. Um, so I've always been really interested in flavour um, and the community and, and the power of food and drink to bring people together and absolutely got obsessed with um yeah, the wine, the wine space is so many things that come together. It's like, um, I guess the geography, it's history, it's people, it's, mm. it's, it's the dining table, it's sharing stories. And it's like unbelievable variety of flavor that you can get from basically grapes and fermentation. And, um, so I did, I worked in the wine business for 10 years and got really nerdy about all of that stuff. And then when I, um, when I became pregnant for the first time, so this is back in 2015, so it's quite a wee while ago, my oldest is now seven, um, I felt this massive gap in all of that romance around great drinks that had that power to pull people together. When you're not drinking, it felt like there was just all the TLC, all of that like effort and, um, re- re- I don't know if revereement is a word, but that goes around the alcoholic moment wasn't there for non-alcoholic drinks and that all you had was juices and sodas and it was very simplistic and an afterthought and I felt like I was massively missing out so um and I particularly loved those kind of crisp um complex um drinks whether it was champagne because I worked in the champagne business for a long time um or sort of the you know the the chilled cool climate whites from France, Northern Climates, Germany, or even New Zealand. Um, And so started to research how could we get those kind of flavors within a non-alcoholic space. I was basically pregnant and thirsty (laughs) and, uh, you know, very determined. Uh, And I came across this, uh, this, it was an article in the New York Times, uh, which was about New York bartenders starting to play around with these old um, vinegar-based syrups and 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 concoctions um in order to bring an interesting acidity to their cocktails something that wasn't just citrus um and you know because citrus you know cocktails would usually if they're putting their acidity in there it would be like lemon or lime Mm -hmm. and this was a way to bring in another layer of flavor and acidity without just falling back to lemon or lime which obviously brings an extra layer of flavor and opens the door to more flavor and I thought that was really cool and obviously also has that kind of historical element these are drinks that they were bringing back from the past in fact that you know vinegar based drinks have a history that go well back into ancient Greece even ancient Egypt basically for as long as alcohol has existed vinegar has has existed so there was this kind of connection to the world that I had been part of that was just a natural byproduct Mm. Um, and I just kind of fell in love with the whole story and started experimenting making loads of different um, vinegar based um, spirits or tonics we call it aperitif now because I then applied some of the techniques from the aperitif the wine aperitif space to elevate the kind of um, the elegance make the balance right um, and um, turn it into something for modern day use amazing I mean when you say a drink made out of vinegar it like it doesn't sell it as well as like I know vinegar (laughs) doesn't sound very appealing and but I'm so excited to try this because actually when you have an alcoholic drink there is that kind of like punchy strongness yes which actually links very well to what vinegar would give you yeah so it makes a lot of sense I mean alcohol is polarizing 
you know, uh, you might have, it's something that you sort of build up that sort of uh, preference for, but the first time you have a sip of wine or the first time you have a beer or the first time you have a spirit, you're sort of like, oh, what is that? It is a bold, powerful flavour. And um, actually, I would say this is less polarising, you know, when you have that first taste of it than than, than an alcoholic beverage. Mm. Um, partly because, you know, we're using ginger. It's a very familiar flavour that we have kind of, you know, growing up. So, and, you know, in food. So, um, but I know it sounds really unusual. And mm. I was, I was like reserving judgment of it before I started to test with it because I'm not someone who's like a massive vinegar fan I but uh, you know like people some people are obsessed with kind of oh what what's the kind of crisp is it monster munt oh yeah things that I, w- I would always as a child be like no very sensitive palate but I do love that kind of sweet sour blend this sort of tanginess mm. and like I said and the crispness um and it's just about getting that balance right so it doesn't dominate yeah and that's what's important in the blending part of it definitely and I think with a lot of non-alcoholic alternatives what non-alcoholic drinks even I think sometimes you haven't got that like strength and I think what's so nice about alcoholic drinks sometimes is that you can drink them slowly yeah. because you have little sips and often with a non-alcoholic drink you can drink it so quickly because there's not that like thing to slow you down yeah. and to, to take time over well that is that's what the vinegar does mm. in it it's like it's the complexity it's the element that is fermented and in the fermentation process you're creating layers of flavor so vinegar actually goes through two types of fermentation first the alcoholic fermentation and then the for the acetic fermentation where it goes from alcohol to vinegar and each time there are those fermentations it's micro kind of flavor molecules that are developed mm. and that's why you get length that's why it's something that you know you go back to because it keeps changing is that sort of intrigue um, and you do sip it more slowly partly also because it's drier and um, not so sweet and um, these things were really important to me because again a lot of the sodas are very two-dimensional they give you that amazing sugar hit they might have citric acid there to give a bit of freshness but ultimately it's just like flavor and then nothing and yeah. this it, it lingers and that's that was the hardest thing to try and find definitely um, when find, like thinking about an alternative for sure and so you started experimenting and then what and you're like making it at home how did this then begin to scale because I've had I know a little business in the past where I was making granola at home and I have my trays lined up against the wall and I was throwing in the oats and doing the whole thing and it's quite a journey when you start out like that so how did it start and then how did it scale um well it took me a long time to pluck up the courage to kind of do anything with it and it was more of the fact that if I didn't do it I knew I would just have enormous regrets because I was so passionate about the drink I knew it had a space um my friend you know so throughout my pregnancy but also after when I had my first um firstborn you know through uh, mat leave and going back to work again um all of that time I I was making it I hadn't turned it into a business Mm -hmm. um but I could see the growth of the category but yet still nothing quite like my drink I wouldn't whilst I think there's amazing products within the category there's only a few that really appeal to me and that's just because I'm looking for that bolder flavor um and and also because I do still drink and for me sometimes the direct equivalent options which is the kind of um 
copycat or the substitutes for me that's just I'm not interested I love the actual flavor of a gin or I love the actual flavor of a wine yeah and you know I'll just have a a smaller amount now because you know I've cut back I've got a really busy life and kids and you know sleep is really important but I will reserve those moments for like a really good drink um whether it's alcoholic or non-alcoholic do you know what I mean yeah the really good drink part that's important completely agree like when you want a drink you want a drink yeah and then when you don't want a drink you want something else yeah I completely get that and I I'm not a huge drinker but I like to have a drink if that makes any sense so it's like I really love what I when I do drink and I like the whole the art of it the socializing and when I go for dinner and I I can't not have a drink in my it doesn't feel right but then if I'm not drinking I don't want to have copycat necessarily but I might want something with a bit more like you've said, the, the depth, the boldness. Yeah. So I completely, I'm on your wavelength with that for sure. I just feel like as as good as they can be, and, you know, I will, might be proved wrong in sort of 20, 30 years when, you know, because things are changing really quickly, but as good as the sort of like-for-like alternatives can be, built within what they're doing is a sense of compromise because you're going to be comparing it to the product that has the alcohol that is bringing loads of flavor to it and so you're going to be always compared to the real deal Mm. and so how can you fully come you know be authentically yourself the best version of yourself when you have this comparison to something else yeah that and and I was just like well first of all as as a consumer myself it was not appealing to me and so I was like this is the real deal in and of itself of course it's different to any alcohol and actually that's what was appealing to me. Mm, I think the only thing that I like about the copycats is the aestheticness. Oh so yeah, if you're trying, Yeah, and if you're trying to, you know, you don't want anyone to know that you're not drinking that night or you want to be subtle, like, that's great. You have, I don't know, a wine glass with red wine or red wine or whatever it is yeah. in there and it looks yeah. like you, you fit in if you're trying to, you know, yeah. do that. But if you are a drinker, then and you want something else like you you're not gonna maybe want a red wine alternative because otherwise you'll just have red wine yeah um so I think there's definitely a place for all of it but I'm I completely agree I think there hasn't been anything that's given the punchiness of alcohol without being alcohol but I think what's exciting is about the category is is now where can we go if you're taking if you're restricting it to just being replicas then you're restricting it to kind of what already exists. But if we're saying people want really good drinks that are complex and flavorful and are for that moment, and you can use whatever ingredients and they can taste however, you know, you're writing the scripts. It's a blank canvas that you yeah. can actually take it to the next level. So and that, true. I mean, like that just appeals to my creative yeah. spirit. And, um, you know, there means that there's fewer restrictions there and you're about innovating and taking things in a different direction and being inspired by other things definitely definitely so your previous work within like the wine world how do you think that had an effect on the way you took mother Root and how you created it well I think it is definitely around that kind of acidity um and big you know flavor looking at the liquid from that kind of uh, full balance perspective kind of being really critical and analytical about what you know 
about flavor first basically because I think when you're in the wine business and I did all the kind of wine exams in fact for a while I wanted to be a winemaker that was kind of my ultimate goal mm. um and then I got obviously sidelined and distracted by by non-alcoholic drinks which then subsequently became my absolute passion and obsession but they I suppose they're quite linked it's that sense of okay you're blending things together you're trying to get that beautiful acidity but also texture like it is that mouthfeel and like how can we get that what are the ingredients that are going to give that and then the finish and the length and it's that kind of more technical um assessment of mm. of the ingredients that you're using and being um yeah I think I think it's that sort of applying the same rigor that maybe a winemaker would to yeah. making the drink definitely I guess you're looking at it from a definite like 3d perspective whereas mm. a consumer doesn't see that Whereas because you've been behind the scenes in the wine world, you get to see the different layers. Yeah. And that's something that I want to talk about actually, because I think that is something that you've done with Mother Root is there are multiple layers to it. So how have you built that up? Because obviously you've got ginger here, you've got apple cider vinegar, which we'll go into in more detail in a minute. But like, how have you built up these layers? Um, well, it's just kind of considering that every single, because there aren't that many ingredients in this, so every single ingredient and the quantities and balance that they're um, selected in, like blended in, has such an important role to play. So we use blossom honey in here, and there is a real root. Like, why do we use honey as opposed to sugar? Because a lot of soft drinks would just plump for sugar. It's way cheaper, way, mm-hmm. way cheaper. And, um, and, you know, it's because it brings orange blossom notes it brings uh yeah that kind of floral character it brings that weight mouthfeel um and that is an, a really important layer of complexity and flavor carrier mm. um and the apple cider vinegar why apple cider vinegar when it's potentially polarizing and people are, it's an unusual ingredient and that, I, that brings with it that whole host of challenge of right we're gonna have to explain you know what is this category tell the story I mean that's an opportunity as well as a challenge um but it's because of what I was saying you know in the complexity of the flavors the ferment you know every time that that there's that um fermentation you're building flavor and it brings the length it's integral to uh, building the the flavor layers Mm. and the choice of uh our ginger you know we use Peruvian ginger and you and that is specifically smaller tubers you know that you when you go into a shop and you see ginger these days, most of it will be coming from China and it's these huge roots. But if you see the smaller ones, typically they're probably from um, Peru. They're very known for having smaller um, ginger roots and they are spicier and sort of more grassy and citrusy and brighter. And they just, that brings the heat and that okay. brightness to it. So it's also kind of selecting where it's come from and what the impact of where it's grown has on the flavor profile okay amazing and you keep using the word mouthfeel and this is yeah. a really Some great word, hate that word as no well. i like it <laughs> people, it's like i love it. it i love it i think it's so nice because i think i read that alcohol hasn't got a taste but it's got a mouthfeel mm. and i was like thinking of that i was like no no yeah. i can taste alcohol i was like actually no i can't yeah it's a warmth i guess yeah. that you feel it's definitely a warmth um, and it is, it's a flavor carrier and it does give mouth feel as in it's textural. Mm. Um, and that's what you're trying to replicate when, when that goes away, you lose a lot of the body and that, 
the therefore flavor just kind of dissipates so mouthfeel is really important it gives that slow sipping quality yeah you. which i think is really important when you're choosing to have a nice drink yeah at an occasion you're not kind of like quickly drinking it like mm. it's to enjoy slowly yeah. so that makes a lot of sense and also I want to talk about like taste versus flavor because I read an article on your blog about this and I was like wow this is crazy <laughs> how like taste and flavor are so different yeah but people might think they're very similar yeah but they're not can you explain a bit about that what's well, this concept of can you you know when you're thinking about flavor like when does that actually happen you know when are you tasting things and that whole build-up of anticipation um when you're thinking about what you're having tonight you're inviting people over you already can start salivating it's almost like you can start tasting the mm. meal that you've got or you know that whole build-up is part of the flavor experience yeah. um and i just think that is absolutely like fascinating like yeah. when does flavor actually begin is it at the moment that you're putting it in your mouth or is it everything else that comes before like yeah the prep ahead just imagining it or smelling it when you're cooking or as, as you're pouring the drink you know hearing the noise of yeah. the, the soda being poured over the ice you can um, you can already taste it and you haven't even put it in your mouth yeah it's so true and they always say don't they like the first drink of the night tastes the best yes. and that's probably because you're probably looking the best because you've just walked in the door and like you feel great and you're saying hi to your friends and there's atmosphere and like all of these factors contribute to the overall taste yeah um but it's such an interesting concept that like i hadn't really thought about before yeah and you have a sour obsession and I want to hear more about this because I'm like how far does this obsession go and like <laughs> what talk to me about that well a sour yeah I love I mean I've always loved it I know I said you know with vinegar I was a bit kind of unsure because it sounded quite scary but um it's just it makes acidity and vinegars and just improves everything it gives everything it's like a seasoning mm. um so even if you use it in a small way it just makes other flavors pop or yeah. if you get really like into that sharpness that tanginess it's just it, it's it is that instant reaction i guess yeah so yeah when when i worked in wine and worked for um champagne you might not think of it as being sour but champagne is one of the highest acidity wines it's got that wow. beautiful balance though because it's got that balance between sweet and sour but it's the acidity that's like the backbone it's what gives it that energy I feel like sour is energy mm. and and it gives you that like lift as well and that's why it makes a great aperitif aperitif is the drink that you have um at the beginning of the evening uh it's kind of comes from the latin word Apriere, or I mean, mm -hmm. I think that is Latin or Italian, but to open, okay. and it's to open your appetite. So sometimes it's uh, traditionally bitter drinks, but often it's also acidic drinks because it sends a message to your stomach that you're going to have, you know, you're you're preparing your digestive system to eat, and it's a great drink to have. So that acidity is just like the pop that gets all of you ready, all Amazing. of your body ready to then have a delicious meal. Yeah. It just has that energy and like uplifting feeling about it. And do you use sour throughout your cooking and throughout kind of like your day to day? How how yeah. else does this kind of like? I mean, I think so. I mean, not all the time. I quite like sometimes the more mellow flavors, especially depending on the seasons. You know, when we come into autumn, 
tends to be slightly richer cooking but as I said you know Italian tends to be my favorite or I also love Asian sort of um you know uh lovely Korean dishes you know Mexican I love that sort of citrus or sharp kind of Mm. bold bright flavors um they tend to be my favorite cuisines yeah no definitely I think yeah the Asian cuisine is just like incredible there's so much going on there I just yeah I love it but also adding a little bit of vinegar in as seasoning as you're cooking really just enhances you know just think of it um putting it into a tomato passata yeah just a little um teaspoon of it just enhances it yeah it's so true it balances things out Mm. that's why they're like contrasting like sweet sour like it's that's why they're yeah it just balances everything out and so the power of apple cider vinegar. So yes. like, I feel like a lot of people would have heard apple cider vinegar. People recommending take it in the morning, have a shot of it here, have a shot of it there. Why is it so good for us? So it is an incredible ingredient that uh, was a happy accident. So I didn't create Mother Root from a love of apple cider vinegar and like shotting it every morning, which has now become kind of reached quite mainstream awareness. I think mm. a lot of people know that it's really good for you for multiple reasons um but subsequently I've obviously learned and there's been huge groundswell about it being great I mean it's known to uh, help multiple things from uh, aiding digestion to balancing your blood uh, glucose um also being anti-inflammatory so there's a lot of reasons why you might want to take it um we particularly I mean we obviously came to it from its flavor amplifying perspective but then it realized that it's making us feel good as well I mean it could be like the two-pronged approach not drinking so much also makes you not feel good but it does help to do all of those things so you wake up feeling really really fresh Mm. after having it it's quite a strong taste yeah like I can't shot it in the mornings like it's just a no-no for me but I do add it into dressings and I cook with it. Um, but it is really strong. So did you have to work quite hard on the kind of like balancing that out? Yeah, definitely. Well, just as if you prefer to use it in a dressing, you're getting just the same benefit. Mm-hmm. So there's no need to kind of go through the shotting it, even yeah. though maybe for some people that just simplifies it and it's done over or, you know, that's the way they want to put it mm. into their ritual, um, daily ritual. But having it in a non-alcoholic drink like this is just the same benefit as having it as a shot in the morning and much more delicious (laughs) much more delicious 100% (laughs) much more delicious and and or having it as on a vinaigrette which is also Mm. really delicious um there is a the big groundswell in you know um blood glucose balancing being really really important and there's we haven't done any tests um, as a brand, but we've got anecdotal evidence from our customers who some of them wear um, continuous glucose monitors that it is really helping to balance out their blood sugar levels, which is Amazing. apparently key to like steadying your mood, cutting cravings, um, and and just feeling really good. Is that I think that is very anti-inflammatory as well, it improves your sleep. So there's lots of kind of um, positive effects that compound. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. No, that's so good. And we were saying earlier that Mother Root's been picked up by like a few nutritionists as like that again wasn't the plan for you guys. No. But why why is that? And like I guess does Mother Root have apart from the apple cider vinegar, but I guess it has really great health benefits. So not only are you having a lovely drink, but it's good for you and you're getting health benefits from it. So what kind of yeah. why have nutritionists been picking up on it and what have they been saying about it? 
Um, well, there's a number of different nutritionists. So um, th- most recently, there's quite a lot in the um, female health, so hormone health space who've been uh, recommending it in clinic, whether that's for fertility or um, uh, perimenopausal women who are really suffering um, with trying to get the, their hormones in track. And partly it's because alcohol is it, as an alcohol replacement um but also because of the the nature of the ingredients that are in there that help to steady your blood glucose mm. and also um, are good for your gut health which which positively impact some of those um, issues that they're trying to balance and resolve um it's actually sort of a positive step on multiple directions yeah. um which is why and i think just it's very short list of ingredients you know just high quality and really um high strength um because you know again chosen for flavor like a bold flavor but ultimately what it is is also like densely packed with the nutrition um so i think that's one of the reasons a lot of non-alcohol alternatives will not have will will not necessarily have that much in terms of you know um dense nutritional value and some quite a few of them have you know um preservatives in there which for me I was just absolutely not from the get-go didn't want to have them I prefer to not have sort of the potassium sorbates and things like that which go into a lot of non-arc so we don't have that it's very clean label and I think that's what appeals yeah and also what people are looking out for more and more at the moment I think with the rise in I think you know for example with plant-based with the rise in plant-based people are being really aware of like what goes into these different alternatives and similar with alcohol like I had um Luke from Wednesday's Domain on here and we were talking about how non-alc market and plant-based market are actually very similar in terms of the trend but with that people become more aware of what they're consuming and with that they're looking at the back of labels and they're really aware of it it's not like oh great another non-alcoholic uh, drink it's like oh let's see what's in this one does it appeal to me more yeah um so yeah that that makes a lot of sense so what is your relationship with alcohol at the moment like you obviously still drink but you have mother roots so like why have you cut back in certain ways if so why like what's your relationship with drinking I have I definitely drink a lot less than before not like I was drinking absolutely loads but obviously working in the wine industry meant there were multiple occasions all the time um to have dinners and and drinks uh but the nature of having two kids uh, and struggling with sleep when they're little and then running a business and struggling with sleep when you know anxiety hits and all of those things it's a, it's a packed life and I think that's a lot of people are in the same you know position um and drinking less definitely helps it means that I wake up fresher I have to get up really early um and try and do a lot in my days and I can't afford feeling groggy it just it really impacts um but I still love wines and and so I'm just more intentional with Mm. when I drink uh wanting it to be it's always a really good bottle so my local wine shop which is in Bellenden Road in Peckham great one sourcing table you can also buy Mother Root there um, <laughs> shout out to them plug. <laughs> <laughs> they have I mean just amazing wines there and my I think my average um, bottle price is particularly high but that's because it's like a really special occasion yeah you know? and that's how I view it now so it's always a great bottle and yeah. just less 
that's I think that's a really nice way of doing it and that's how a lot of people again reflecting it back onto plant-based how people then treat meat for example or fish they're like I don't really eat um, meat all the time but when I do I want to go to the butcher and buy the highest quality because I'm I'm investing in that moment and I think that's a really nice way of doing it and thinking of it and I completely agree like you can't do it all in life you can't be an amazing mum run a business and have fun and drink and do it all like it's we're not superhumans, so we've got to compromise. And I think, yeah, kind of focusing on your health and picking your timings wisely makes a lot of sense. So the name Mother Root, has it got a link to you being a mother and having your children? And that's the, kind of one of the reasons why you started Mother Root. Or yeah, what's the origin of the name? Well, it's a double meaning. So it's definitely part of m- motherhood being my journey to discovery uh, of these kind of drinks um, but the mother is the um, the essence that creates the vinegar it's at the heart of it um, the mother is also kind of at the heart of everything mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah kind of, you know it's that connection to nature it's the connection to my story it's the connection to you know how these drinks are actually made and it just felt like the right the right name no it definitely clicked. it's a great name when I first read it I thought naturally like your story was the root cause Mm. of you starting mother root um but I guess yeah the mother is also like it's like the apple is the mother of like the vinegar is the apple it's a it's a actually a very symbolic fruit in a lot of ways um so there's so many meanings to this which is yeah really really nice and how do you balance being a mother and also having mother root it's really hard <laughs> it's yeah really hard I'm not sure I do balance it um I th- I have an amazing husband who um is super understanding of you know that you know the ups and downs that come with business which is sometimes you know I have more flexibility but oftentimes you know high stress levels where I've got to work really late so we have a good communication together and he's very supportive and that is I just couldn't do it without him yeah but I try to I try to be as disciplined as I can I mean it doesn't necessarily come naturally with to me and that's been a massive growth thing um to um to actually put some guardrails around my time so for example Wednesdays is the day where I start earlier and finish earlier so I can go and have one day a week where I pick up the boys myself and then we take them to after school club and we do fun stuff in the evening because you know otherwise I'm I'm full-time working and it just felt like I was part-time parenting and that's not what I wanted but very you know it's just you you get pulled in all directions and you have to sort of make a conscious decision as to okay what is the split of my time and everything's important and you know feeling really passionate about you know my family my kids wanted to be there for them knowing that we we provide a lot of support through an incredible friendship network that we have locally to us because we've been in our area of London for the last 12 years and we know mm. a lot of people this and you know I know it's it's just a gorgeous place and we're really lucky to have that but then also for me I get so much from being present with them and it helps to keep me grounded and give me perspective and actually makes me work better in my business yeah um I think having those boundaries is actually really important because you prioritize your time and you realize okay stop 
um, ruminating over this decision and just get it done. Yeah, <laughs> because very true. Because can't afford to, you know, time is too precious and it does yeah. remind you of that. Definitely. I think balance is probably the wrong word because there's mm. probably definitely not a balance. But like, I think it sounds like you've got it all under control although some days you'll probably be like I can't do it all yeah I definitely aspire to balance it's it is yeah something that I continually work towards but it is a continual process yeah no (laughs) definitely definitely well to finish off we have a final question again bringing it all back to food which we love um so the question is what is your last meal so start a main course and dessert what would it be oh my gosh so I think I'm very affected by the seasons mm-hmm. so I think well if it's my last meal and it's kind of right now yeah yeah <laughs> it Seasonally. tends to be yeah very fresh what's in season that's what tastes the best and has that beautiful pop of color so like probably a fig fig and ricotta mm. maybe a cured cured uh, prosciutto lovely um, starter that'd be yeah that's a good start that. That's a good start. Um, and then main, I mean, it would be a very simple pasta dish, probably yeah. spaghetti, uh, pomodoro, like a gorgeous roasted tomato sauce, lashings of parmesan, just yum. lovely. Uh, and dessert is a tricky one because I love the sour, so I usually like lemon tart, but I think it would be a chocolate mousse. Oh yeah, you can't go just wrong because that's like comforting. It reminds me of like. That was, you know, growing up, one of my favorite. Yeah. I just, a good chocolate mousse. I a dark chocolate. Yes. Maybe with a drizzle of olive oil if I'm feeling fancy. Oh, <laughs> lovely. Maybe a bit of salt as well. Yeah. Just to, oh, yeah. Here we go. We're, we're laying out the flavors <laughs> again. Honestly, Bethan, thank you so much for coming on. This has been so interesting because we've gone kind of in depth on like flavor and like with non-alcoholic drinks, that is definitely one thing that's missed is like the punchy depth. And I think you guys, I mean, I'm going to try it after this, but by the sounds of it, you guys have really kind of focused on that and gone in depth on that. And it's super interesting. And like with food, there are so many layers and a lot of times people just look at it very 1D, but it's 3D, 4D, 5D. There's so many going things going on. Um, So it was so interesting to speak about all of that with you. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. It's been really fun. Thank you guys so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed the episode. As always, please keep supporting the podcast and sharing your favorite episodes to friends and family in order to spread the word. It means so, so much. Thanks again and see you next week. (laughs) 